Hello, my name is Clive Farrington. I'm from the band When in Rome UK. Actually, it's Farrington and Man, original members of When in Rome UK. I'm sorry, but I'm just thinking of the ride was the same. I know they don't sound the way I planned them to be. And you're listening to the New Wave podcast. Welcome back. I am T-Bone, and we are going to turn things over to Steve, who has a fantastic interview from the members of Strange Love, the Depeche Mode Experience. Welcome to the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is Steve. Unfortunately, my co-host T-Bone is on assignment. However, today I'm thrilled to be joined by Strange Love, the Depeche Mode Experience. It's great to have you guys on the show today, guys. Thank nice you. to see you, Steve. Thank you for having us. And um, if you guys aren't familiar with Strange Love, there's a great little uh, clip they have on their website on their YouTube channel. I think it highlights your guys' performance from E's Battle of the Bands. We'll have to say off the bat, I'm sure some of our listeners are kind of like, I'm not familiar with Strange Love. Are they just a cover band? I didn't know what to expect to see you guys live the first time. I saw you guys live, uh, I think it was about a year year or so ago, where it was an outstanding experience. And the band seemed to have every detail down to what I remember of Depeche Mode's heyday. Let's be, and let's be honest, it's great to hear some of the songs Depeche Mode has stopped playing on their tour. Our mission to that, bring those songs. That is a reason d'etre, for sure is just as Depeche Mode fans ourselves, I would love to hear this song live. Well, we are in a position to actually make that happen. So, <laughs> so here we are. So for our listeners, can each of you guys introduce yourself and what role you play in the band? Uh, I'm Julian Shaw-Taylor, and I play Oscar Wilder, um, playing Alan Wilder from the classic lineup of Depeche Mode that everybody misses, apparently. According to the interwebs. According to the interwebs. <laughs> so, so I've heard. Vociferous. My name's Brent Meyer, and I play Counterfeit Martin, a.k.a. the Martin Gore analog within Strangelove. My name is Leo Legansky. I'm playing Peter, pardon me, <laughs> Ultra Dave. Yes, the Dave Gone, I believe. Yeah. I'm James Evans, and I am the uh, embodiment of Andrew Fletcher on stage. Hello, I am Christopher J. Olivas, and I play drums in Strangelove. Brent or Julian or anybody, can you guys tell us how Strange Love came together? How'd the band form? Uh, probably to me, since I'm the only original member, the first uh, iteration of what became Strange Love, I began with an, another couple of guys in 2006. And uh, circa 2010, that morphed into Strange Love. 
with a different lineup of people. And slowly, as the project grew, you know, it started as a weekend warrior thing. Everybody had careers and whatnot, except for me. This was always my passion and my passion project. And I always had my eye on other people, uh, you know, like w- one of the, the original Alan Wilder. He, you know, ha- uh, had a very demanding day job in, uh, you know, a school system and school administration as well as teaching and coaching and, you know, just very demanding uh, career demands. And it was fine for Southern California regional weekend work. But as we expanded and grew our national footprint, uh, you know, we we needed to shift our lineup uh, to players that could accommodate that uh, with their schedules. And I always, you know, used that as an opportunity to level up. And I like to say we reached our final form in video game terms uh, in 2018 when Leo joined the fray. No, the phrase of Banford Dender. Let me strike that and uh, <laughs> we'll go back. Yes, yeah, Strange Love 2018 final form, final boss. Thank you. I am grateful. <laughs> he sounds so sincere. So was there ever a plan on, as you picked up members, who's going to represent who from Depeche Mode? Uh, my vision was always from the outset to have a one-to-one member analog. And the reason for that was... Uh, simple. Uh, I think Depeche Mode fandom, it will, first off, it, it's certainly within electronic rock, it's the biggest cult band, but, uh, you know, arguably it's one of the largest, the bands with the largest cult followings within all of alternative music. And they're, they're singular in that respect, in that much like the Beatles, uh, it's not necessarily the singer frontman that is everyone's favorite member that, you know, plenty of Depeche Mode fans have different favorite members, just like, you know, apparently within the States, Ringo sold the most toys uh, at that height of Beatlemania uh, with, within America. Ringo was a favorite, even though he's the drummer and only sang a song or two on every. <laughs> Chris, other your day album. May come. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was always um, the vision to have a one-to-one member analog and to, not just musically represent what those members play, but also visually portray that and the costuming and everything that we've reverse engineered and tried to, you know, be even truer to that as uh, I swapped in players with, you know, better pedigree, I'll say. You guys each have like your little uh, pseudonyms or I love those in particularly, uh, especially Julian's as Oscar Wilde. How did those names come up? Was it a group idea? Is it something you came up individually? I came up with my own, Oscar Wilder, and I've not been imprisoned yet in Reading Jail. So. But he can resist anything but temptation. I well, I'm named after the Martin Gore album, solo album called Counterfeit, oh. which seemed especially fitting, being cheeky about the, the tribute, you know, fair forgery of the original. Yeah, I think it's the yeah old... Yeah, Ultra Dave is just basically kind of like represents, you know, uh, the era of the album Ultra and maybe uh, ambiguous image. You know, that's something that uh, is really interesting that has elements, you know, of other bands that were, you know, up and coming in mid 90s and also pretty groundbreaking album that I personally really, really, really like. You know, it was something that I was waiting for, you know, when I was a kid. You know, after just, you know, listening to Violator and Songs of Fate thousands of times, you know, you're kind of like, okay, what's next? 
couple of years later, boom. Uh, my name in the Fletch. I just inherited it. It's always been whenever they had an Andrew Fletcher on stage, that was that was the name, even though I've been called other things recently. Thanks to <laughs> Ultra Dave, but we'll leave that till the end of the show. Drummer Christian, my name's Chris. I'm just Chris. That's, there you go. Yeah, he's awesome. Christian Ogner. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need a name. So he's Julie- the real rock star, so we want his name in there, featured prominently. <laughs> Chris, we're featuring Strange Love. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, Julian, our listeners probably are familiar with you the most because since our interview we had last year, um, and your album Elysium made it to number four on our best of 2022, featuring such great songs as End of the Line. It's the end of- personal favorite secret it's like you have some upcoming projects coming up is that correct yeah um actually i've been working on a song with chris and leo from strange love which we've just been finishing off this week um i also have a song coming out with um beauty and chaos which is a project with do you know beauty and chaos i've heard of them yeah um so i'm i'm the singer on the new single and i also have the aladdin sane album which i think you're referring to which is a cover album of aladdin sane by david bowie it's not done to sound like the original album. So I've enlisted Gene Loves Jezebel uh, on one song. Uh, Human Drama from L.A. are also on another song. And most of, most of the contributors are just fabulous musicians I know from L.A. I'm very happy with it. It's the first album I've released as a executive producer. It's coming out on Harmony Records, which is my manager's label. So it's the first. I've, I always release all my own stuff. So this is interesting experiment We're looking forward to hearing it do each of you also have like an involvement with us on another project outside of strange love uh absolutely uh i've i've been involved with a band that got signed and placements and things like that probably a decade ago plus uh but have actually like many musicians during the covid downtime i made a covid album and i'm, I'm finishing that up to release later this year uh myself at this point, it's only been me, but now I'm getting to the fun point where I'm going to, you know, like have Chris play drums on some things and some other friends, you know, just add some spice to the uh, you know, the existing arrangements and everything that I've built up myself. Oh, yes. You know, like there are a few things that has been in the works, you know, and, you know, before Strange Love, I still have and had a band called Formora, you know, we're kind of like like alternative metal with industrial and progressive elements. And of course, like loads of electronica, uh, like you can, you know, think of maybe Catatonia, Deftones, Breaking Benjamin, you know, uh, some like Australian prog metal bands like Carnival, North Lane. So it's heavily influenced by, but you know, the, the common denominator with Depeche Mode is, are the, you know, the 80s new wave elements you know to basically like everything that i do yeah there are 
few things in the works. And uh, yeah, I hope I will be able to share it to the world soon. Awesome. And as well as the solo, you know, stuff and collaborations with other artists. You know, we're currently working on a song called Sublime with, you know, the guys from Strange Love, ironically. Yeah. It's going to be grungy, you know, sleazy and rock and roll, just how we like it. Now, I also heard that you, um, did you produce a song with Martin Gore's daughter? Yes, I produced uh, a song called uh, Dancing in Hell for Weird Wolves. And uh, yeah, that was like a really interesting process. You know, we also kind of came up with a within the idea for the promo, and with Rafael Colantonio, who also created some of my favorite video games, which is interesting experience. Yeah, we you know hopefully we'll work on more stuff in the future. Uh, me, what am I doing? Uh, working with Julian, doing some stuff. I did two songs on the Elysium record, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've uh, been doing some stuff with a band I've been with for quite a while, uh, Professional Murder Music, so we're still kind of doing some music. Uh, I'm a DJ as well, so I, I do a lot of uh, 80s events. I just got done with the 80s cruise, and then I have another event coming up in October, The Sands. And in between then, just you get hired out to play a lot of, uh, or DJ a lot of 80s parties for a lot of people. I'll be coming out to Colorado pretty soon here for some, and uh, why not? But yeah, just waiting to play some more for Julian as well, and having fun. I do a little bit of stuff in my own studio, you know, but it's just bought stuff for myself. So, so how far back do you guys go in the Depeche Mode catalog for your set list? Uh, all the way back to their first album, Speak and Spell, 1980. And first demo, right? I mean, yeah, pho- photographic, photographic was, on, was on their first demo cassette. How far back would you say your set list go for each show for the albums? Like, or up to how far would they go up to which album for your current right. shows? They're certainly concentrated within the 80s and 90s, but. We occasionally dip into the aughts and beyond. Um, Precious and wrong. Yeah, but but, but that's es- pretty late. And especially with them being out on tour right now, we've sort of made it a concerted effort to take the opposite approach. And we're looking at their set lists. And we, we just did a pre-show in Las Vegas last week, the night before their show at T-Mobile Arena. And I think we only had five songs overlap, and we played 23, 24 songs. And it was all... I mean, that, that speaks to the glory and magnificence of their catalog that we could still play primarily hits and recognizable fan favorite material without go- digging into B-sides or what have you. And it's still songs that they're not getting to in their 20-song set list. Oh, yeah. When I saw you guys back here for the first time, you guys played songs that I haven't heard Depeche Mode play for decades live. And I've seen Depeche Mode probably like 50 times. You guys were just right up to that par with with how I remember them back in the heyday. Thank you. It doesn't matter. Two new dress we've dusted off recently. I mean, they, they were they went down a storm. Nothing um, dangerous. Absolutely, we we've done uh, a series of album presentation shows, and uh, currently we have prepared some great reward through Violator, where we can do the entire album front to back, plus all of the B sides released on the singles as well. And so we've done shows like that where we'll do, you know, music for the masses plus all the music for the masses B-sides and then an extra greatest hit set of other material. And those are fun shows, especially for hardcore fans. Yeah. Because yeah, it's bunch, immersive. We sold out a bunch of shows in Australia doing the Violator tour. 
basically it was Violator front to back, then hits, and, and it sold out, what, six out of seven shows? Yeah, it was gangbusters. You guys recently completed a tour of Australia. Are you surprised about the success that you're having outside of the U.S.? Surprised? I mean, if because Depeche Mode had never toured in Australia or hadn't oh. toured for 20 years in Australia. So we're going back there as their representatives, I guess, in, in a way. That's how people's minds um, drew it. And you haven't seen your favorite band perform live. I mean, we're at least second best, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was wonderful. We really enjoyed it. We want to do more. Yeah, we're we're eager to go back to South America. We definitely got the Beatlemania treatment, and we're mobbed there. And Chile. sight unseen, you know, sold out like fifteen hundred capacity venues, and you know, played some smaller arenas, and super enthusiastic response. Yeah, and it looks like even in the states, you guys are kind of playing to bigger and bigger crowds. Does, does that surprise you at all? Are you thrilled with the success on that? It really sort of took us to a new audience, an audience that would never normally consider tribute as part of their concert going experience when we play with flock of seagulls we're continually hearing i didn't know that you could do cover songs so well kind of thing and, and we're, we're thrilled with that because we wouldn't normally reach those people thanks to mike score and the boys for that yeah, julian i swear you read my question list here <laughs> so speak Maybe since you brought is. up yeah since, since you guys brought it up with the flock of seagulls how has that been touring with such you got such an iconic band that's known for their new wave, their hits, Iran, Photograph. How is that playing with a band? How's the crowd seem to be reacting? Um, I'll, I'll start, I guess. Um, I'd say, well, as Julian encapsulated, the reception has been magnificent, um, and their audience has received us with open arms. I mean, we made a conscious decision to do these kinds of shows and precisely for that reason stated in that, um, you know, for some that aren't familiar, um, you know, especially in Southern California where this project originated, there's an entire culture around tribute bands and tribute band shows and festivals, and they're exceptionally well attended in some other pockets within the country. And I've put many of those festivals together myself with, you know, presenting radio stations and, you know, like big, you know, Honda, level sponsors and things like that at you know 20,000 seat amphitheaters and things like that and people are very receptive to it but there are other parts of the country where people hear tribute band and they just immediately they downgrade it mentally because they're to them it's in the same paradigm as dads in cargo shorts that are dentists and accountants at the local pub playing an oasis song and then an air supply song and then a Metallica song. And they sort of equate it at the same level versus something like Fab Four, Rain, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, in Britain's Finest, the Paul was a righty that learned how to play left-handed, you know, and they've got $20,000 of costuming, you know, uh, very much like that sort of Beatlemania experience. You know, we've reverse engineered stage sets. You know, we've got the Black Celebration stage set. We've got the 101 stage set. You know, we, the, the, you know, era-specific equipment, different keyboard stands for different eras, costuming that we've had custom-made. And so that's all in the service of trying to elevate the presentation and make it feel like you're there in June 1988 in the Rose Bowl. And to serve and be respectful of, of the original, not to, you know, try and supplant them in any way. You know the the current Depeche Mode iteration. They're they're 
playing a lot of new songs, which mm-hmm. of course was something you really want to do. So we are playing to a certain degree of nostalgia in that con- even though we have been asked to put some new songs in the set. So we will probably be doing that once they've stopped touring those new songs. <laughs> but at the moment, you know, we get the luxury of, of going back into their catalogue and choosing all the songs that people want to hear. That's a luxury we have. One uh, compliment I heard I saw with you guys' band was they kind of referred to you guys as the Brit Floyd to Pink Floyd. And I think you guys are, are almost to that level. Thank you. That's very much by design. And that's not at all a coincidence. And th- certainly they're on our radar, them. And uh, they spawned off from Australian Pink Floyd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is absolutely our goal to play the Greek theater in Los Angeles. And there's no reason we can't, you know... If, especially if we continue on the trajectory we're on and continue to grow our production. I mean, we're uh, behind the scenes. We're, you know, adding things like lasers and, and, you know, just even more wow factor production and video. That's right. (laughs) One million dollars. But, but, you know, we're trying to, yeah, just elevate the show. And so it it seems like, I mean, I, I I think we're successful in, in some of the amphitheater shows we've done recently. We've even had some, cold spark pyro and you know different led content on different screens and we're trying to morph into that next level where it it really feels like an arena show no matter what scale we're presenting at my last couple questions are actually from our listeners they want to know um obviously it sounds like dave and martin are behind the band you guys they've probably heard of you guys you maybe you guys have met them they want to know if you guys have received any type of feedback on strange love from dave and martin so yeah, I went, to, I went to go see Gary Newman in Ventura, and uh, Martin was there. And of course, uh, I was like, "Oh wow, hey Martin!" So I walked up to him, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up, it's Chris?" You know, and uh, I talked to him before a while back, and then I told him, "Yeah, you know, playing with Strange Love." He goes, "Yeah, I know those guys; they're good." So uh, obviously, he knows, you know, of of the band and does it. So that's a good thing. It was he had nothing negative to say, which was good. That was kind of cool. Like I think Dave Dave was teasing Martin about the amount of time he spends watching our videos. <laughs> and you know they they josh with each other and and kind of say oh, it's pretty weird actually but you know there there has to be a de- deal of respect i mean if if they thought it was terrible then they probably wouldn't watch more than one or two you know <laughs> so we feel and and there is a quote from martin um which i i will have to defer to yeah. brent yeah i can't recall it and there's no internet here so i can't pull it up but i'll i'll forward it to you okay yeah and they a, do it in such detail in they do it in such detail it's scary it fills in the blanks while we're off tour or something like that. Also, apparently, while they're on tour the night before, <laughs> in some context. Martin wasn't to know that, That's right. right. <laughs> they come to the shows, like Michael Jackson used to do in old man masks. Incognito. Stranger Things. It's been a while since we performed in Santa Barbara, where Martin lives, but I did invite him. And sadly, he didn't get word until later that evening but i did get word back from the liaison person in between like oh he really would have loved to have come if he'd heard about it earlier in the day (laughs) which was frustrating but but it will happen at some point i feel that's that's eminent um especially when they're not in their touring cycle and crazy in every place uh but when he's back at home in in a more relaxed um, situation then we'll probably do a santa barbara or venture you know somewhere around there where he can kind of slip in and, and check out the show, and same in New York with Dave. Speaking of Dave and his daughter and her. Has Dave given you any feedback on Ultra Dave? 
No, not really. It's like we kind of haven't had a chance to, you know, really kind of like, you know, talk about it because the situations that I was running into him, like it was either completely randomly like on the street, you know, while we were both rushing somewhere. Or one time we both came to see his daughter playing a show in a smaller club uh, in Williamsburg you know, where him and his whole family was there to support her. So it it was like a very loud place. So we just were kind of like, you know, enjoying the show. And uh, yeah. All right. So the last question we have is kind of one our listeners are curious as well. They want to know for each of you, which is your favorite Depeche Mode song? I know it's a hard one. Making you pick between your kids. Favorite Depeche Mode song is probably a cross between In Your Room and Question of Lust. For me, I have to pick just one. I'm going with Higher Love because that's majestic. And I loved the visual of how they did the Hollywood squares, you know, opened the devotional tour like that with the, behind the, the parachute material and then pulled it down. And you know, it's just such a dramatic song. I think it's them with all the Wagnerian bombast, you know, at the height of their superpowers. It's uh, in between Mercy in You. And somehow dressed in black. I think this is, you know, kind of like um, just the atmosphere and absolutely amazing songwriting of those songs. Like, this is what the passionate personally to me. It, it's uh, just really beautiful in a cool and a dark way. I'm going to go back to the beginning with uh, Photographic. And also because I play keys, you know, song Pimp, Starna. Things like that. Gosh, that's that's a hard one. I mean, um, I, it's there's a song off of each record I could think of. I, I mean, "Walking in My Shoes" is probably one of those. I think lyrical wise, that uh, kind of was one of those things. But uh, which one's it's, is it? Uh, Put it on and don't say a word. Blue dress. Yes, blue dress. For some reason, when I first heard that one, that one was just one of those songs that just was super cool. I well, think. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute honor to interview you guys. I don't want to take up much more of your time. But I'd highly recommend any of our listeners to check you guys out. Probably the best way to do that is through your social media. You guys have a YouTube, very active on Facebook as well. And I'll make sure to put all those links in our show description. And looking forward to the uh, new new music from you guys as well. Thank you guys very much. Thank yeah, you very thank much you. for coming out, Steve. We appreciate you. Well, Steve, that was fantastic. Thank you for uh, bringing that to us. Of course, you know, if you ever uh, have any questions you have about uh, any albums that we've reviewed or comments on it, please send us an email at newwavemusicpodcast at yahoo.com. You can find us on most social medias. Just look up New Wave Music Podcast. And we will look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Episode.